0: The trachea, here's your preview question, which of the following is correct regarding adenoid cystic carcinoma of the trachea? One, it tends to grow rapidly, tends to invade mediastinal structures, characterized by submucosal and perineural spread. The best chance for cure is chemotherapy, and symptoms at presentation can include hemoptysis and difficulty swallowing. OK, good, um, we'll, we'll review uh, this topic. So the anatomy of the trachea is uh, very important, um, 11 centimeters long, 8 to 22 rings, about two rings per centimeter. Uh, the cricoid is the only complete ring anatomically. Everything else is partial with that posterior membranous uh, area. Uh, Trachea shortens with age, uh, 2 to 3, uh, 2.3 centimeters laterally, and about a, a 1.8 centimeters in the AP diameter. Uh, COPD will increase the AP dam- diameter, a so-called saber sheath uh, abnormality. And then the anatomic relationships: the anterior, uh, the thyroid isthmus or about the second and third ring, the anominate artery, aortic arch at that same uh, anterior area. Posteriorly, the esophagus, laterally, the azygus over the right main stem, the pleura and the recurrent laryngeal nerves, and then inferior, uh, the anterior and posterior uh, subcarinal uh, nodes. Uh, this shows that in cartoon form, uh, superior thyroid, Uh, Inferior thyroid arteries and branches off the IMA here also supply the trachea along with the supreme intercostal and superior and middle bronchial arteries. This just demonstrates that same thing. An important thing is that the lateral longitudinal anastomosis are very important to the blood supply of the trachea. So what that translates to is that you can only mobilize about a centimeter and a half circumferentially, anterior or posterior, everything on the lateral, both lateral sides of the trachea, uh, you have to preserve at the expense of nodes or anything else Um, because if you lose the blood supply, uh, nothing's going to heal. Congenital tracheal anomalies, agenesis, or atresia is most often fatal at birth for obvious reasons. The webs and diaphragms are usually located at the subcricoid level and can be treated bronchoscopically. Uh, Congenital stenosis, there are three types generalized, the funnel like narrowing, and segmental. And here we have a cartoon of uh, each of those types. On the segmental one, uh, it's important to note that narrowing can occur at any level. There, there's no uh, predilection, but they have uh, complete tracheal C rings. There are also associations with other anomalies, uh, complete rings, abnormalities of the cartilage formation, or pulmonary artery slings usually a left-sided uh, sling. About half of the cases of a PA sling are accompanied by this tracheal uh, congenital, congenital tracheal stenosis. And you can correct the sling, but that won't fix the tracheal problem. And so that has to be also repaired. So in an infant, these are diagnosed by wheezing, strider, retraction, poor feeding, uh, developmental failures. Uh, Dyspnea may be pro- paroxysmal rather than continuous. and they can also uh, present with recurring pulmonary affections. Um, further workup should include CT scan and MRI to evaluate the vascular components. Operations in these infants are very high risk. Swelling in a, in a tiny airway, as you can imagine, will obstruct the airway postoperatively. And reintubation is a problem in the postoperative uh, time period conservative approach, dilation is not likely to help because it will split uh, in the trachea, Granulata- granulation forms, and then will further narrow uh, the trachea. The juvenile trachea tolerates anastomotic tension and postoperative edema much less well than the adult trachea. Uh, resection of more than a third will lead to tension and further stenosis. Uh, the webs can be treated as we mentioned. Uh, bronchoscopically stenosis uh, tracheostomy at the stenosis allow the child to grow and then once they're large enough then go in and try to repair alright tracheal neoplasms primary neoplasms are rare two-thirds of the three-quarters are either squamous cell which is number one and adenoid cystic which your test question was uh, the remainder a varied group of benign and malignant lesions including carcinoid Carcinosarcoma and chondrosarcoma So squamous cell this is a well localized exophytic or ulcerated lesion with uh, they can have multiple lesions with normal trachea uh, between uh, The lesions they can be superficially infiltrating and about 30% present with mediastinal or pulmonary METs spread the lymph nodes first and then by uh, direct extension Adenoid cystic carcinoma, also known as cylindroma, uh, grows slowly, may have a prolonged course over many years. Uh, They can metastasize to nodes, but they're not as aggressive as squamous. Uh, METs can also occur to lung, bone, or other organs. It can displace mediastinal structures before invading them. So that's a long way of saying they don't invade as, as much as squamous cell. Some mucosal and perineural spread, and the best uh, chance for cure is the, the first operation and get it all. Secondary neoplasms can affect the trachea. Um, most operations in secondary neoplasia are for uh, thyroid cancers. Um, others are for laryngeal, lung, esophageal. Uh, carcinoid and head and neck tumors, also breast and lymphoma. An anterior substonal goiter usually does not exert enough pressure on the trachea because of its position in front of the great vessels, but the trachea is more likely to become compressed by a posterior descending goiter that enters into thoracic uh, or something lateral in the esophagus or, or trachea. Most mediastinal masses that compress the trachea are malignant neoplasms and then bronchogenic cysts uh, can also compress the trachea. This is some of the clinical presentations. Uh, Cough commonly, hemoptysis, or some type of progressive airway obstruction, uh, shortness of breath on exertion, wheezing, uh, or some type of dysphagia or or even hoarseness. This is a cartoon demonstrating the blood supply again and uh, showing the lateral insertion of that blood supply so you can dissect anteriorly about a centimeter and a half and posteriorly but not in the lateral uh, TB uh, can cause strictures that may involve segments of the lower trachea or the entire trachea or bronchi Uh, It could cause submucosal lesion that's circumferential, can fibrose, narrow, or occlude the trachea. And in TB, the cartilage remains intact, but the paratracheal fibrosis is still uh, found. Treat the active tuberculosis first before any surgical correction to minimize uh, anastomotic breakdown of the repair. Uh, a word about this uh, fibrosing mediastinitis, uh, histoplasmosis, the common, most common cause of mediastinal fibrosis. That, that's probably an important fact. Organisms are recovered in fewer than 50% of patients. So most of the time you don't have an etiology. Fibrotic process is in response to the products of some type of infection. And the diagnosis is often presumptive. So you can have this fibrosis, uh, middle lobe sump occlusion, compression of the vascular structures and airway, and even broncholithiasis with erosion from the calcified nodes. That broncholithiasis was another, it's funny how you don't remember. I took my oral boards, what, 20 years ago? And I still remember every dang question. And one of them was broncholithiasis, Uh, so how to manage that. Uh, Infection and inflammation, Wegener's granulomatosis, highly unpredictable cause of inflammatory lesions that obstruct the uh, larynx or trachea, relapsing polychondritis. Uh, Sarcoid can cause uh, some of these infectious and inflammatory responses in the trachea. We talked uh, briefly about the saber sheath deformity in patients with COPD as it becomes more marked, the posterior part of the cartilage is approximate when the patient coughs, narrowing it, and they can't clear any of their secretions. And there's some other uh, listed things that can affect the trachea. Post-intubation lesions, uh, five principal types, the cuff stenosis, the stomal stenosis, uh, damage to the subglottic larynx uh, from uh, misplaced, Uh, tracheostomy or cricothyroidotomy, and then a a fistula. Treatment of post-intubation injuries includes resection and reconstruction uh, if the patient can tolerate it, but often those patients are very uh, sick and debilitated and may need to be uh, rehabilitated before uh, undergoing an operation like this. So these are some cartoons demonstrating the different types. This uh, TE fistula, Uh, is one of the more scary types. Clinically, these patients uh, will show uh, some shortness of breath, possibly wheezing. Uh, They can also have stridor obstruction. Injury sites include uh, the ceiling cuff area, the subglottic, uh, the point of entry, the tube, granulomas can form. There can be stomal problems, uh, either a uh, stoma that's too large, loss of tissue, and uh, tracheal malacia from the cuff pressure and uh, you, or some type of infection. A fistula from erosion through the common wall, especially with a feeding tube or nasogastric tube in place for extended periods of time. Fistula is manifested by increasing difficulty in ventilation, gastric dilation. Uh, and sudden accumulation of a large amount of secretions in the tracheobronchial tree. Attempts to repair TEF on a patient still on a ventilator are probably doomed uh, to failure. You've got to get them off the vent uh, first. And the esophageal side of the fistula is closed in layers. And a pedicle strap uh, strap muscle or grillo patch intercostal is used to uh, patch that. And we showed a... A picture of that previously, I think. resection is not necessary in patients who do not have circumferential uh, tracheal damage. A tracheoanominate fistula, uh, formerly seen with anterior prying motion of the tube, but rarely seen today with tracheostomy that is placed too low. the anominate arteries in close anterior proximity, and uh, you know these are usually diagnosed. at at death because they just exsanguinate uh, very quickly. Occasionally smaller bleeds will precipitate this. I remember one in medical school watching a man at the VA just exsanguinate when we were on rounds, just walked out of his room and he started coughing and he'd had a trachea, a tracheostomy that we'd taken out died right there, just huge amounts of blood. Um, th- there's not a lot to do uh, in that, and that's an unfortunate situation. So prevention is the main, main thing in this. It's usually safest to resect if you have to, the involved segment of an nominate artery, uh, and over sew both ends, again, placing some type of uh, muscle or interposition tissue between that. Uh, they talk about herald bleeds you might have a herald bleed that, that I think is pretty rare. So tracheal resection reconstruction, pre-op evaluation, level of the lesion, uh, take into account that, where there's normal trachea, patients' PFTs, uh, how healthy they are also. A third of the patients will not be resectable and the patient must be able to tolerate the post-operative course and non-intubation if at all possible. Bronchoscopy with plus minus dilation to prepare for surgery, and then post-operative management, hopefully spontaneous breathing without, uh, without the need for a ventilator, and in some cases, suturing the t- chin to the chest. So there's three critical matters in tracheal resection, careful preservation of the lateral blood supply, gentle and precise handling of the tissues and precision of the anastomotic technique. These are some of the entry incisions For the upper half of the trachea a collar incision as we mentioned before Plus or minus the sternal split the incision be extended into the fourth intercostal space to the right if needed dissect circumferentially only a short distance again to preserve lateral blood supply You can remove up to four and a half centimeters. That's an important thing. Circle that. You can remove up to four and a half centimeters of trachea, which is almost half of the trachea. Simple cervical flexion maneuver will deliver the cervical trachea into the mediastinum. And that is the single most useful maneuver for extending the resection of the trachea with primary repair. Another release maneuver is the suprahyoid or the Montgomery laryngeal release and that is useful to gain another one and a half centimeters, especially in the upper trachea. The intrapericardial release of the pulmonary vessels, when this is done, it's important to preserve, uh, again, the tracheal blood supply and not damage that. Hylor release is more effective on the right because of the left main stem bronchus that's tethered by the uh, arch and again extubate in the operating room if possible and fiber optic bronchoscopy is performed if there's any questions about uh, the anastomosis and it really should be done routinely any way to evaluate that so here's uh, here's a cartoon demonstrating the the stoma the placement of the the tube and the anastomosis and the completed repair this is the chin tuck and sometimes it'll just suture the chin right to the chest so that the patient won't forget and uh, for the lower half of the trachea, posterolateral thoracotomy in the fourth intercostal space um, is the usual route. Mobilize the trachea before uh, division. Half of the trachea can be resected in this, uh, with this approach. And uh, a release should be t- done to dissect the hilum, uh, loosen the carina, the major vessel in the pericardium, and then cervical flexion. Uh, We'll get you that four and a half to five centimeters. Uh, Laryngeal release translates nothing to the carinal area. And then plus minus use of pleural or pericardial flaps. And here's a cartoon demonstrating uh, that low anastomosis. Carinal resection, various resection techniques, this is beyond our scope to look at those. Those are very complex uh, uh, surgeries. Subglottic uh, laryngeal resections, uh, often possible to conserve laryngeal function by an individually tailored resection. Here again is a cartoon demonstrating some of the options in those carinal uh, resections. If you're not doing those on a (laughs) fairly routine basis, that's probably not something you want to tackle right out of practice. Anastomotic technique, direct closure to the trachea to avoid nerves and arteries. Place the posterior sutures first, obviously. Bring uh, lateral tracts and sutures together and tie those first and then only one and a half centimeters of circumferential dissection. Test the anastomosis under water. Uh, and then widely drain your anastomotic area, Suture chin to the chest for about a week. If the ends will not approximate, you've got two alternatives, mobilization of the right lung and carina, uh, and that's contraindicated in patients with poor pulmonary function, which you need to know preoperatively and make sure you understand what their pulmonary capacity is. Laryngeal uh, devolvement, and then these laryngeal maneuvers, release maneuvers. So here's some of the uh, outcomes. Operative mortality up to 21% means about 10. Long-term survival is better for the adenoid cystic at 57% than squamous at 36, and those are 10-year survivals. Uh, the presence of tumor at the resection margins of uh, adenoid cystic has uh, particular importance in airway reconstruction, and those patients should receive postoperative radiation therapy. in 2 or in 3 disease is generally a contraindication for surgery, as in case of lung cancer, non small cell as well. So, these are a list of some of the complications that can happen with tracheal resection. And your follow-up question is, injury to the distal half of the trachea is best approached via, I know we went over this, cervical collar incision, right thoracotomy, median sternotomy, left thoracotomy, or a right trapdoor incision. Good. Uh, so right thoracotomy is best for the lower half, the lower two-thirds, upper cervical. Uh, probably wouldn't, wouldn't venture into median sternotomy or the other, other things. All right.